You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wyatt, Terry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, JT Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Robin Mock, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Uh, Today, I am super excited to be talking to my friend Sophie Hanna about a project that is very near and dear to her heart and is making uh, big waves in the writer community. And that is her project called Dream Author. And uh, Sophie, welcome back to the show. First off, uh, you're a friend of the show. Uh, tell us about what Dream Author is. What was what was the idea that came to you uh, that that got you to wanting to kind of take everything that you've learned in the in the author space and offer this to other people? Well, thank you, thank you for having me back on. Um, so yeah, so the first thing to say is that Dream Author is a coaching program for writers. It's not a writing course. It's very definitely not that. It's not trying to be that. It's a coaching program designed to help writers to create happiness and success in their writing lives and also designed to help them to basically be their own best ally and advocate for the rest of their writing lives. Because it occurred to me, you know, before I created it and what made me want to create Dream Author was that I realized there's so many resources out there for writers. There are endless courses that will teach you, you know, how to write a crime novel and how to write a romance novel, how to write a bestseller. And there's lots and lots of resources about, you know, self-publishing and how to get an agent, how to write a good pitch letter. And all of that is brilliant. And it's great that all these things exist. They didn't exist when I was starting out. So it's amazing that writers can get all this help. But it's it's all help with sort of, you know, how to do a particular aspect of the of the work sort of better and, and you know, more skillfully. And obviously that's really useful. But what happens is people learn how to write novels. They do all these courses. They learn how to write better. They learn how to pitch to agents. But invariably, in the life of a writer, there are going to be knockbacks and setbacks and failures as well as successes. And so many writers, whether they have a series of, uh, sorry, I'll say that line again. (laughs) So many writers, whether they have a series of rejections straight away or whether they first have success and then later they experience a setback, when they hit that point where suddenly something difficult happens and, and you know, maybe their publisher drops them or sales are disappointing or whatever happens. They really, really suffer. And they, you know, all the all the sort of skills that they've learned in how, you know, how to be a good writer and how to approach agents, there's never anything uh, provided for writers to help them manage the emotional and psychological challenges of being a writer. So, I really wanted to provide something that was all about how to actually control the things we can control. In other words, our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings, our interpretations of events, and how to basically do everything we can to set ourselves up for being able to, you know, weather the storms of being a writer and, you know, deal with any setbacks and carry on pursuing a happy and successful writing life, even in the face of things not always going according to plan. So before I created Dream Author, I don't think there was anything out there provided for writers um, that dealt with, for example, how to keep feeling confident and motivated, even when you've just got six rejections or you know, how to kind of manage your own mind and your own feelings if your publisher drops you or if sales of your latest book are suddenly very, very much lower than the book before. There was nothing out there to, you know, specifically help writers to deal with those kinds of things. And so what what used to be the case until until Dream Author came along was that 
most writers imagined that if things went well for them in terms of external results, if their books sold lots of copies, if they were making lots of money, then they got to feel happy and successful. But the minute their book stopped selling, or they stopped making lots of money, or they got a rejection, they imagined that they had to feel terrible. And, you know, there was nothing, there was nothing sort of supporting writers in creating, you know, lifelong happiness and success. And what I realized was most writers imagine that the problems they face, the things that are making them less happy and making them feel less successful than they would like to, most writers imagine those things are all external circumstances. So if you say to a writer, well, why are you unhappy about your writing situation at the moment? They might say, well, I've just been rejected by six agents or my publisher just dropped me or my latest book hasn't sold anywhere near as many copies as my last book. Or, you know, my last book got to number three in the charts, whereas my latest book only got to number 17. And they will always tell you that the reason they are feeling unhappy and unsuccessful in relation to their writing is because of some external result that they couldn't control. Now, that's never true. We all imagine that it's the external circumstances of our lives that are causing our feelings, but that's never true. It's always our thoughts and beliefs that are causing our feelings and what we are making those results and circumstances mean. Uh, So just to give you an example, uh, I have a writer friend whose latest book, when it came out, got to number three in the Sunday Times book chart. That's like the, I I guess it's the equivalent of the New York Times chart. Um, So her book came out, it got to number three. And instead of instead of being like, yay, my book's at number three, I'm so excited, she felt like a terrible failure because her previous two books had got to either number one or number two. And so, like, when you say to writers, and this, this is what Dream Author is all about, I, I say to writers, and I have a range of members, there are some people who are regular bestsellers, there are some people who haven't yet been published, so it's you know, all levels of experience. Some people join Dream Author before they've even started writing, but they join because they've always wanted to write and something is stopping them. And, you know, if I had to sort of summarize Dream Author in one sentence, um, that, that sentence would be, the problem is never what you think it is. It's never the circumstance or the external facts of the situation. It's always your interpretation of those facts and your belief about those facts that's causing the problem. Uh, and my friend who whose new book got to number three and she felt like a terrible failure because it hadn't got to number two in the charts, that's the perfect example, right? Because so many writers would think, well, if you're getting to number three in the book chart, that is success. You know, you cannot right. possibly feel like a failure. Um, but that's not true. You can easily feel like a failure. You can feel like a failure if you're number one in the New York Times book chart, if, for example, you're really struggling with novel number two. And this is, again, this is something that happened to another writer friend of mine. His book was literally at number one on the New York Times list and had been there for several weeks. And he was feeling completely dejected and terrified and and like a failure. And I said to him, but your book's number one on the New York Times list. Surely that's huge success. And he was like, but my second novel's going really badly and I just feel sick and I'm just a one hit wonder. And he was feeling absolutely terrible. Now, when I sort of contrast that with my own experience, I think completely differently. I've, I, you know, I've trained myself, but I have a natural tendency actually to think uh, to always to choose the precise thoughts to practice thinking that are going to make me feel better. It's something I just do naturally. If there's any possibility of feeling great about something, then I always want to. So I've always been the opposite. When I had my first book published, and I it was a it was a tiny poetry pamphlet, my first ever published book, and it was a limited edition of two hundred copies. It wasn't even in any bookshops. It was like mail order from a very small and eccentric poetry press. But 
when I sold my first copy of that poetry pamphlet for three pounds, I think it was two pounds 95. <laughs> I was so happy. And I was like, I've sold a book. I am a published author who has sold a book. I'm really successful now. And I like, I wasn't bullshitting myself. I genuinely believed that I was now a successful writer. And what's so important about that is that because I believed that, and my thought in that, I mean, now in reality, lots of people would argue that I was not yet a successful author. You know, if right. you said to Lee Child, would you think you were a successful author if you'd only sold one poetry pamphlet for £2.95? <laughs> he might well go, no, I would not. And he's probably technically more correct than I was when I felt, when I'd sold a poetry pamphlet and felt really successful. But the important thing was that I had taken that that circumstance of selling one book. And I had used it as an opportunity to think, I am now a successful author. And that generated feelings of confidence, happiness, the ability to create further success. And because I was thinking that way and feeling that way, that influenced all my actions. So I started to behave in the way that a successful author behaved. So for example, when I wrote my first novel, and it didn't immediately get published, because I was already thinking of myself as a successful writer and feeling like one, any rejections that I got for my novel, I was like, oh, well, that's obviously wrong. That's obviously not what's supposed to happen because I'm a successful writer. So obviously I'm going to get this novel published. And because I thought that, I persisted and I sent the novel to other people and then eventually it did get published. So. Um, in Dream Author, basically, the main thing I teach is that writers can look at their situations and instead of thinking that it's the kind of objective facts of their situations that are stopping them from getting to where they want to be, I can show them that once they realize that it's their thoughts and beliefs about the facts rather than the facts themselves, once they see that, and once I teach them that it's their thoughts that create all of their feelings and influence all of their actions, it's like kind of a eureka moment for a lot of people. And they go, oh, so you mean just because I got a rejection letter, I, can, I don't have to think of myself as a terrible failure, like that's not compulsory. And I say, no, it's not, it's not at all compulsory. You can think, think of yourself as someone who's still absolutely going to be very successful. And this particular rejection, okay, all it means is you're not going to be successful with this agent on this day, but it doesn't mean anything about what's going to happen in the future. Um, and so there's no need to sort of interpret something in the most negative way and use it as an invitation to quit. So that that's sort of like the, the main premise of Dream Author, the idea that our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create our actions. And we need our actions to be fueled by the right feelings in order to create the result we want. So if the result we want is becoming a best-selling author or becoming a published author, we need to take a certain series of actions, like obviously writing books and sending them off or self-publishing them and just keeping taking the action no matter what that will get you to that result. And if a rejection or a disappointment comes in, then okay, you think, right, that was a disappointing result. That strategy didn't work. Obviously, I'm still going to be successful. I'm still going to get my book published. So what's the next strategy I'm going to try? Um, and it's a real game changer. And, and so that's the sort of central premise that Dream Author is based on. But within the program, I teach so many different concepts. Uh, I have concepts like success resistance. That's sort of what I described to you when I talked about the friend who got to number three in the charts and felt like a terrible failure. That is a clear case of success resistance. Uh, so I've got a module on that within Dream Author. I've got um, some stuff about how success is not a sort of far off thing that we're striving for in the distance. We should aim to think about success as a daily practice. And when we think about success as a daily practice and what that means, I mean, there's, there's so much detail. It's all 
it's all in the program and the program has so much content in it. There's like hours and hours of videos on all different topics. Um, and you know, there's webinars, there's live coaching calls, there's podcasts, there's workbooks and exercises. There's a, there's an incredible amount of content in dream author of all different kinds. Uh, and it's all designed to get writers into the position where they have all the concepts and all the coaching from me that they need in order to be able to become, for the rest of their lives, their own strongest ally and advocate. So that whatever happens, if if a publisher suddenly drops them after their book doesn't sell, or if their agent gives up agenting and joins the circus and suddenly they haven't got an agent, they will always be able to think, after everything I've learned in the Dream Author program, I know exactly how to approach this, how to create my own thoughts and beliefs on purpose in order to get the result that I want, you know, from my from my writing from now on. Sophie, I've heard you mention uh, several times uh, the the phrase happy and successful. Um, we've seen numerous uh, writing courses that can teach you the mechanics of writing a particular style of book or, or a particular genre. Um, it seems to me that dream author really focuses on the mindset of the author and giving the author the proper tools to, um, to get in the right frame of mind to write. Uh, what is it? Why do you think uh, that we as authors sabotage our own success and once you solve that problem, uh, is the is the rest of the writing business, does it come easier? Once you solve the mindset issue, bearing in mind that the mindset issues are always what creates the emotional landscape. So this is this is the way I see things. It's a very simple equation that basically what's going on in our minds, the thoughts that we believe and keep thinking, that is what creates our emotional state. And whatever emotions we're feeling, they are what fuel all the actions that we take. So, for example, if we're feeling the emotion of frustration, disappointment, and hopelessness, then we are very likely to have, if we look at the actions produced by those three feelings, it's going to be not bothering, giving up deciding it's all too hard and painful. And those actions are not the actions we need if what we want to do is create success with our writing. Now, most people imagine that they have no choice about what to think and believe about their current writing situation. Many, many people, if they are struggling, let's say they've always had their books rejected or they've started writing lots of books and they've never finished them, they imagine that what they are going what they are currently thinking about their writing situation is not optional they'll be like well these are the facts i've started seven books and i haven't finished any of them obviously i'm someone who just can't finish a book and they seriously think that that thought is just them observing the truth about themselves um and similarly if they've had some bad luck or some rejections or disappointments they will just think I'm clearly destined not to be successful because I've failed five times already. And they will imagine that that is the objective truth. Now, clearly, if they think that's the truth, they're going to feel demotivated and dejected. And those feelings are not going to fuel actions like trying again and thinking of a new strategy and trying a different agent in a hopeful and enthusiastic way. And those are the precise actions that are needed to create the success, but the but no no actions that are going to create the kind of happiness and success we want are going to come from a negative feeling. So that's why it's crucial to sort out the mindset, because if you sort out the mindset, everything else follows from that. So imagine if somebody has given up on seven books or had seven rejections from agents or publishers. Imagine if instead of thinking I'm terrible at finishing things. I'm always going to give up, so I might as well not bother. Or, you know, seven publishers have rejected me, so clearly all the publishers are going to reject me. 
Imagine if instead of thinking those things, the author were to think, so what? This is all in the past. These rejections, these books I've given up on, that's the past. And it has no influence over what's going to happen next. Those seven publishers were just not the right people for my book. I'm going to commit to believing in my book as much as I ever have, just because those seven people didn't take to it doesn't necessarily mean nobody else will. I'm still committed to it. I still believe in my ability to create success. So I'm going to send it to another seven people and maybe one of them will love it. Uh, And okay, so I didn't finish writing the first seven books I started, but that doesn't mean anything about my chances of finishing the next book I start because all that needs to change is the way I think, which will then change the way I feel. And then I'm going to get completely different results. Um, So, for example, one of the things that people really believe, not only writers, everybody, they believe that what's happened in the past is some kind of accurate predictor of what will happen in the future. And I understand why people think that, because if you carry on thinking in, in exactly the same way, then chances are your future will replicate and resemble your past very precisely. But it's not because the past predicts the future. It's because you haven't changed your thoughts. Now, if you look at those results you got in the past and think, okay, I want a very different result in the future. What thoughts and beliefs do I need to practice thinking and believing on purpose in order to create amazing feelings of motivation and self-belief and confidence? Feelings that will then fuel actions like carrying on, never giving up. You know, I I wrote many novels before I wrote my first novel that got published. And the reason I did was because when a disappointing result came in, so the first, I think, five novels I wrote didn't get published. And when those rejections came in for those five novels, I was really disappointed. But I never made it mean anything about my long-term chances of success. I always believed 100% that I would be a successful writer, that it was going to happen one day. And so the disappointment was just like, oh, yet another setback. Clearly, it's not going to happen this time. When will it happen? But there was no doubt in my mind that it would happen. And that was what enabled me to carry on taking the action that would give it another chance to happen and another chance and another chance because I was just completely committed to not quitting. Um, so yeah, mindset is everything. And that's, that's one of the big things that I uh, teach in Dream Author. So all these things like the past, not predicting the future. Um, if you find yourself having a discouraging thought, you don't have to, you know, just because a thought has popped up in your head, does not mean you have to keep thinking it. You can think to yourself, and this is another key dream author concept, the concept of thought auditions. So if we have a thought like, it's never going to work out for me, I might as well give up. We should imagine that we're a casting director for a thought show, and that thought has just presented itself for an audition. And so we, as the casting director, we can think, okay, if I cast this thought in a main part, in my thought show, what effect is it going to have? How is it going to make me feel if I keep thinking and believing the thought I might as well give up? Well, it's going to make me feel terrible and discouraged and hopeless. So I'm not going to cast that thought in my thought show. I'm going to say, thank you for coming for your audition. Off you go. And then I'm going to choose on purpose to cast a different thought in my main role, a thought like, for example, I am going to keep changing the strategy and believing really hard in myself and in my book until I create the result I want. And I'm going to do it happily and trusting that that success will, that I will create it in the end. And that's the kind of thought we want to cast in the main part in our thought show, because that thought will make us feel great and confident and trust that we'll get the result we're working for. Sophie, one thing that we like to talk about as writers is the subject of writer's block. And you you talk to some writers who who seem to never struggle with writer's block and, and they'll say things like, 
well, plumbers don't get plumbers block. You just show up for work and do the work. And and that sounds amazing. You know, that sounds, uh, you know, fascinating. And uh, well, if I'm a professional writer, I should be able to show up and do the writing every day. Um, but as anyone who's ever been stuck on a story and just can't move forward, um, you know, those those kinds of sentiments can come off as a little trite and maybe a little condescending. Um, how do you help people approach the subject of, of, of getting stuck in a novel? And it, is writer's block truly a lack of ideas or the lack of confidence to move forward with a story? Well, writer's block is an umbrella term that covers so many different things. It's actually, although, you know, I guess you could say it defines um, people, you could say that it's, you know, a definition that encompasses any and all inabilities to write. So anyone who has a work in progress that they're finding they, for whatever reason, are not carrying on with or if they feel they can't write it or can't write what they want to write all of those people in that situation might say i'm suffering from writer's block but that does not mean that they're all suffering from the same thing because different people's inability or perceived inability to write will be caused by different things but um that is absolutely what whatever kind of writer's block you're suffering from again it's always a thought problem rather than a factual problem. So there's only ever one thing that stops people from writing, assuming that, you know, they have access to their hands and a computer or a pen. You know, I'm not talking about situations where people, you know, are actually physically unable to write because their hands are tied up or something. Yeah, assuming course. they can physically write, but, but they're not writing. And they also sort of in some ways want to write. So like no one would say they had writer's block if they didn't want to write at all because they wouldn't be thinking they should or thinking it would be desirable. So if you think that writer's block is used to define a situation where somebody wants to write in theory and they could write physically, but they're just not writing, there are probably at least a hundred different reasons why that might happen. So writer's block is a sort of convenient catch-all term, but really you might as well call it, you know, something's wrong. <laughs> you know, you might as well say, <laughs> I'm suffering from something being wrong. What is that thing? Well, it's different in every case. So one writer might have a terrible fear of um, failure, and that's what stops them from writing because they know that if they completed their work in progress, they would then be expected to send it out into the world and it might fail. But that could be the cause of one person's writer's block. Another person might have a fear of success. They actually think that their book, when they finish it, might, you know, get them quite a lot of money, attention, a book deal. Suddenly they're a writer. That that might mean a massive shift in their their sort of idea of their own identity. Maybe they worry that they'd become richer than their friends and family, and maybe some people would drop them as a friend because they think they'd change. Now, these are actually real thoughts that writers have, and I've certainly got people in Dream Author who suffer from fear of failure, and I've got people who suffer from fear of success. I've got one Dream Author who's, after I coached her for a while we we she realized that her big fear was that if she became really successful that people would attack and violently harm her family wow. that, was, that was what was stopping her writing and as soon as she realized that and we did some work on that she was able to write again um and then there's all kinds of other things um that that could be responsible but the, the important thing to remember is that whatever the thing is that is preventing the writer from writing, it's always a thought in their brain. And so the way I deal with writer's block, if my dream authors, as I call them, um, if they're suffering from writer's block, the first thing I will do when coaching them is I'll say, well, tell me about the problem. When you sit down to write or when you think I really should go and write now, but you don't end up going and writing. What are the thoughts that are going through your mind? Just tell me, you know, it put me sort of as if I'm in your head 
and I can witness all your thoughts. What kind of thing are you thinking? So then they start telling me about the thoughts that come up for them when they think about writing, when they try and write. And that is the way to diagnose what's going on, because I'll hear either a pattern of thoughts or a particular thought, and I'll go, aha, that's the thought. That is the thought that is lodged in their brain that is preventing them from writing. Um, so, you know, writer's block isn't like a real block in the world. If you can realize what thought it is that's bothering you and creating a negative feeling that makes you not want to write, then the writer's block is, you know, halfway to being solved. Because once we understand that it's not some mysterious syndrome that's afflicting us, it's not like, oh, I've been struck down by writer's block in the way that you might be struck down by the flu or the measles or something. It's literally, there's a thought that you are believing that if you were to stop believing that thought and stop thinking that thought and think something different, that, you know, there's something different would have to be equally plausible and equally true because nobody's going to generate positive feelings if the thought that they think instead is an implausible one to them. But once you find the problematic thought, you can usually coach them on it and show them that actually it's that thought and the feeling it's creating that's preventing them uh, from doing the writing they want to do. And once they see that, then they have a real incentive to start thinking differently in order to feel better about doing some writing. Sophie, I know that you said that you have people um, from uh, from all along the writer journey that uh, are are members of the Dream Author Program, but is, is there someone at a particular place in their writer journey that can expect to get more from this, or can we all benefit from uh, kind of a, a checkup from the neck up, if you will? <laughs> uh, so, Dream Author is perfect for anybody whose writing dreams are causing them more angst and frustration and doubt and sort of unpleasant feelings than happiness. So I would say it's not about what stage you're at in your writing journey. You could be a complete beginner or an established many years published bestseller. If your writing goals and dreams and ambitions are motivating you and making you feel great and you're happy about it all and you're actively taking steps towards achieving those goals and dreams, then you maybe don't need Dream Author because you're motivating yourself quite well and you're taking action, you're producing all the actions and results that you need to in order to keep making progress towards your goal. The writers and aspiring writers that Dream Author is perfect for are the ones who have loads of dreams and goals and ambitions in relation to their writing, but who at the moment when they think about where they want to be with their writing, instead of causing them joy and excitement and making them feel, yay, I'm raring to go, they feel unworthy or doubtful. Are they talented enough? And maybe they just haven't got what it takes. Um, and I mean, I created the program because I really started to feel there was a dire and urgent need for it. Every single writer I spoke to, with the exception of maybe like one in 10 years, any writer I spoke to, whether they were, you know, commercially and critically very acclaimed and successful or a complete beginner who's just written one chapter, I could tell when they spoke to me about their writing situation that they were feeling all kinds of, you know, demotivating and disempowering thoughts. And, and they were, their writing aspirations were making them feel terrible because, of the, because they were basically thinking, I'm never going to get to where I want to be, or I've already failed, or maybe I'll just keep failing. And, um, you know, writing is a terrible industry to be in. It's so insecure. Most writers I met, the overwhelming majority had all these thoughts which were making it so that their writing goals and dreams were actually making them unhappy rather than happy. So that is who Dream Author is for. If you have a big 
goal or a dream, something you would love to achieve as a writer, and you have not yet achieved it and feel doubtful and scared and unconfident and, you know, a lot of writers actually feel sort of ashamed in a way, like they've been writing for all these years and they still haven't made it. And they use these thoughts to to kind of torment themselves when they think about what they'd like to achieve with their writing and the fact they haven't achieved it. They use that to kind of make themselves suffer. And then the, their writing dreams become a painful thing rather than a joyful thing. That Those people are who Dream Author is for. Um, and what Dream Author teaches is how to immediately turn that around. Um, and there's extensive and detailed coaching that, that gives you absolutely everything you need in order to start thinking, choosing your thoughts on purpose and realizing that all the things you've been thinking and believing that have been really holding you back are, are not actually the truth that you have to continue to believe. It's just a story you've made up. And there's always a better story that is equally plausible that will get you excited about your writing again and pursuing your writing goals in a really happy and purposeful way. Now, and once you do that, then you are 200% more likely to achieve those goals. Sophie, if you um, have you ever met a, a writer who um, just needed um, needed to understand the mechanics of writing better, or is it is what's holding writers back? Is it their mindset, or is it they they don't understand? Um, you know the the act of writing. Um, what do you see as the biggest um thing holding back most people from being a successful writer? Well, obviously. The mechanics, the nuts and bolts of writing, all the skills you need in order to improve your writing, those things are important and they're regularly taught and they're, some of them are easier to learn than others. But absolutely, it's important to teach people some you know, basic sort of principles of good writing. Um, and in fact, within Dream Author, I have a particular approach to teaching writing and editing and how to improve your own work and make it irresistible to editors and to readers. Uh, and I call that approach literary diagnostics. It's, it's a form of editing, but it's based on very different principles. And so it ends up being, um, in my opinion, a much better way to edit than the normal editing that most of the industry does. Uh, so I absolutely do in Dream Author teach my literary diagnostics approach and lots of other practical writing skills. But I would still firmly say that the most important thing of all is what you are thinking and believing about your writing, about your book, about the world of publishing, about the readers who are out there waiting for your book. Or, you know, the way you think about the world is the most significant factor in determining your life experience and your reality. Uh, so, for example, let's say there were two writers, writer A and writer B. Writer A is at this point not a particularly skillful novel writer, but has immense self belief and just believes that they are one day going to be super successful. Now, I, in fact, was writer A <laughs> many years ago. You know, I wasn't that great a writer. I hadn't yet learned all the skills. I hadn't learned how to edit myself properly. So, you know, I had some natural talent, but I was my writing was very, very flawed and clunky in lots of ways. But I had absolute belief and commitment to my writing dreams. And I was never going to give up. Even if I still, I'm 49 now, if if by some chance I still had not yet got published, I would still be 100% believing that I would succeed, writing new books, trying again and again. So that's writer A, you know, me as I used to be. Not so great a writer because I hadn't yet learned enough, but absolutely in my mindset and my thoughts and beliefs, 100% committed and believing that I would succeed. Now let's take writer B. Writer B 
might be an absolutely phenomenal novelist already who writes the most beautiful prose and tells the most amazing stories. But if writer B keeps thinking and believing, I probably won't make it. Who's going to be interested in what I've got to say? And then writer B gets a couple of rejections because even the best books, even the most brilliant writers get some setbacks. Somebody with writer B's mentality is going to think, oh, see, I knew I didn't have what it takes. I knew I might as well give up. And at the first one or two rejections, they will then stop trying. And so it's actually more important to work on your thoughts and feelings and all the parts of your experience that you can control. That's more important. Yes, it's crucial to learn how to write better and you know, developing your own inner editor, as I like to call it, is very, very important. The most important thing is learning the difference between facts and your own thoughts. So, for example, if an agent asks, you know, you send your first three chapters, the agent says, oh, I love this. Send me the full manuscript. You send the full manuscript. You never hear from the agent again. So many writers in that situation think, obviously, they hated my book. Obviously, this means I'm not a good writer because the agent wouldn't have ghosted me if my book was good. And so obviously, I'm the kind of writer that's so bad that agents want to run away from. And they make the experience mean something about them, something negative about them, which is then going to make them want to give up. Whereas they have the option of thinking the equally plausible thought There's clearly something wrong with that agent. You know, what kind of person says, Oh, I love this. Please send me the whole thing. Then they get the whole thing and they don't reply. That doesn't seem like a very professional way to behave. Right. You know, so like you can, you can make it mean something about the agent, not about you or your book. And in fact, I did this with my first crime novel. The agent that I was with at that time, she was an agent who hadn't actually taken me on. Another agent had taken me on and she had then retired just before my book was due to be submitted. So I was passed on to this other agent and this other agent just hated my book. Um, And I think there was some resentment involved because she'd been lumbered with all all of this other agent's clients. Anyway, (laughs) she read the book and she said to me, she said, Sophie, I honestly don't like this at all. I can't imagine anyone ever wanting to read it. Now, That book went on to become my first published novel. Uh, By now, it's sold millions of copies around the world. It's published in many countries. It became a massive word of mouth bestseller. It's called Little Face. And it was one of the books that kind of kickstarted the massive appetite for domestic sort of well-written commercial thrillers. But I didn't know it was going to turn out to be mega successful. At this point, when the agent said to me, I can't think why anyone would want to read this. I don't like it. I don't think it works. I could have made that mean there's something terribly wrong with my book and I'd better give up on it. But instead, I chose on purpose to interpret it differently. I chose to think this agent is mistaken. I know the book is gripping. I know it's great. I trust my judgment on this. The problem is with the agent not the book. So I left that agent and then submitted the book to five agents simultaneously. And I said to all of them, I've left my agent because she said this book is terrible. I have no idea whether she's right or not, but I don't think she is. What do you guys think? You know, I just kind of like threw it open to the floor. Uh, and by 10.30 the following morning, four of those five agents had rung me up and said, I want to represent this book. I think it's a Wow. Yeah. But like I could have easily made my initial agents, I could have easily made her response mean I should give up on my book. And I didn't make it mean that. I made it mean I should separate from this agent and go and find an agent who's going to love the book because I absolutely believe that that agent is out there. And sure enough, Four of them, at least, were out there who loved the book. So, um, yeah, that's why, ultimately, working on our thoughts, our mindset, what we make things mean, 
controlling the parts of our experience that we can control um, is the most important thing. And, and so the crucial aspect of that is separating fact from story or belief. So the fact might be you got a rejection letter from an agent, but, but most writers will make themselves suffer so much more than necessary by then adding on things which aren't facts, like obviously my book's terrible, which just isn't a fact. The fact is you got a rejection letter. It could mean your book will never get published, but it could also mean that agent is is silly and didn't appreciate all the great things about your book. Um, and so Dream Author is all about training writers in how to think on purpose, choose their thoughts like a sort of museum curator in order for the thoughts to create the precise right feelings to generate the actions needed to create the result you want in your writing life. And the incredible thing actually is that, you know, I, I launched Dream Author in March 2019. Um, since then, I've had dozens and dozens of writers who've joined the program who have turned their writing careers around just by doing things differently because they're thinking in a dream author way. So to give you two examples, there was one writer who had a brilliant idea for a book but didn't even think she could begin to write it because her track record, she, she had been published before, but her sales track record was very, very poor. She was also 74 years old. And she, she said to me, you know, I've got this idea, but I don't know whether I, I, I just can't face it. My sales have been so terrible. Who's going to want to publish a 74-year-old with such a bad track record? And I said, look, if you think like that, you, you can think that if you want to, and then you'll feel terrible and you won't have any motivation to write the book. Instead, you could think the way I think about it, which is this is such a great idea, such a great concept for a book. Publishers will not care how many copies your previous book sold or how old you are. All they will think is this is a hugely commercial, high concept book, and they will throw money at you, and there'll be an auction. And, and she was like, no, 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 that's crazy. That's crazy. So I had her work on her thoughts for about two weeks. I said, right, for two weeks, I want you to practice thinking. I don't believe that this book can be successful because of my age and my track record. But Sophie disagrees. And I asked her to practice thinking that thought for two weeks, not, you know, I could have said to her, just practice thinking this book could be huge. But I did, there would be no point in her thinking that because she didn't believe that thought. So I gave her something that would be really easy to believe because it was just the truth. I don't think this book can do well at all. But Sophie disagrees. And she could see that I genuinely disagreed. And so after a fortnight, I said, right, how do you feel now after deliberately thinking that and practicing thinking it for a fortnight? And she said, well, it's weird because my thinking and my feelings about it have changed. I still don't really believe that anyone will be interested in a book by me, however good it is. But practicing thinking that thought over and over again for, for two weeks has made me realize that you actually do believe that someone will want this book. And so what I've realized over the two weeks is that you're just as likely to know, um, you know, you, you're just as um, well-informed as I am and possibly more so. So if you believe it and you clearly do, then maybe there's a chance I'm wrong and you're right. And that just that small shift in belief because she kept reminding herself that I believed it would work, was enough to make her willing to take the first step. And then we worked on her thoughts more and more. Anyway, as a result of all of this and her applying the dream author approach, there was an auction for her book and she ended up getting a preempt offer of 400 grand. Wow. Yeah. And this was, you know, and I was I was a hundred percent right. Nobody cared that she was seventy four. Nobody cared about her previous track record. Um, it wasn't the problem because the idea was strong enough and commercial enough. 
So that was one author. Another of my, well, I'll tell you two others. I had one dream author who she didn't even dare to call herself a writer. She had this terrible sense of guilt and shame because she published a couple of books and, and nothing had happened. No one, she felt as though like the world hadn't really noticed them. They hadn't sold very well. Um, but she'd written this other book that she was too scared to admit to anyone that she'd written. And so I coached her quite extensively. And she ended up having agents fighting over the book, then publishers fighting over the book. And she signed a massive six figure deal. And at every stage, she would come to me and say, well, maybe I'll just like not try to do this. And maybe I'll just try. And every time I would say, well, Instead, you could just try to go for the best possible outcome. You know, instead of assuming nothing will work, so you're going to play it safe, why not send it to your ideal agent? Why not submit to the ideal publisher? And at every stage, I sort of coached her so that she realized that actually she did want to try for her top favorite options. And she was willing to risk rejection from that agent and that publisher. But they didn't reject her. They thought her book was amazing and did this huge deal with her. So, uh, so like, I find it like almost magical to see that these principles that I teach in Dream Author, my Dream Author members are applying them and creating the most amazing results for themselves just by thinking on purpose and just by realizing that their beliefs create their feelings, which then create their actions, which then create their results. And you can start taking active steps toward making your writer, your writing dreams come true at dreamauthorcoaching.com.